Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. All right, so why don't you turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I want to speak with you just for a few minutes this morning on, uh, on what's entitled the Speaking God. And uh, the Lord has really just impressed this upon my heart. And I believe it's, uh, I just sense like a, a real anointing on this word for us to, uh, to gaze upon the beauty that we have a God who has continuously and continues to, to speak to us. Um, so let me read this and then I'm going to jump into it. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, there, this is a rich text theologically that we could pull out a lot of different things. But what I really want to just, I'm going to use this as just a launching pad for us today. Because what I first want to establish, because there's different thoughts on this, I want to establish that God is a speaking God. From the beginning, through the, through, through the, uh, uh, through the prophets to, the answer, to our answers, to our fathers, God has continuously been speaking. It says, at many times and in various ways. As we look through the scriptures, we see God speaking through visions, dreams, donkeys. <laughs> he has spoken in many ways, but now in these last days, he has given the perfect word, which is through his son, Jesus Christ. If you want to, let me just share this on this point. If you want to know who the father is, see Jesus. If you want to know how to interpret the scriptures, see it through the lens of Jesus. He is perfect theology. Everything about Jesus is the perfect representation of the father. But the point that I want to make is that God has always been speaking to us from the beginning. God is, has always been communicating himself out to creation. This is so important to understand because it is the grace of God that we serve a speaking God. Because if it was not for God speaking, we would have no understanding of who he is. See, grace we often talk about in terms of salvation, which of course it is, and it's dripping in salvation, but it's also in the fact that our God speaks and he's revelatory in his speaking. Because if he did not speak to us, from the beginning and through his son and through his word and in many other ways, we would never know who he is. It is not that God spoke, but that he is continuing to speak to us. And some may say, well, I don't hear God speak to me. But I just want to share, one, the scripture shows it. And two, our God is a relational God. And he is committed to us. And he's committed to being a good partner in this relationship. And every relationship we know has effective communication. So God has since the beginning always been speaking to us. And the scriptures right here make it very clear that God has been doing that. And I want to share this before we, we jump forward because I really want you to see that, that we serve a God who is continuously reaching out to us in voice is the story of Elijah and Baal and the prophets of Baal. And many of you maybe are familiar with this. A few, a few uh, weeks, weeks ago we spoke about this. And, uh, and the story is that Elijah essentially, God raised him up to challenge the prophets of Baal because the nation of Israel has been so uh, distorted and turned their back on the Lord. And so Elijah essentially says, look, we need to make a decision. We need to find out who, who is truly God. If, if Baal is God, then let's serve him. But if, if Yahweh is God, then let's serve him. 
He said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go on this mountain, Mount Carmel. And we're going to have, we're going to set up these sacrifices with bulls. And you cry out to your God, and then I'll ask Yahweh to respond. And whichever one has fire fall down in the altar, we know who's the true living God. And it says this in 1 Kings 18.26. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. This is, this is the prophets of Baal. Then they called in the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. And Elijah begins to mock them and say, maybe your God is just sleeping. Maybe he's even relieving himself. Maybe he's on a journey. Why don't you cry a little louder? And they begin to cry louder and even cut themselves. And in verse 29, it says this. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. All day they've been crying out. And it says, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. One of the distinguishing marks of our God, the true living God versus every other false God, is that we serve a speaking God who hears us and communes with us. This is so, so important. Every other false God is unable to speak to you. But Yahweh is able to communicate. And he's done it over and over and over again. The fact that we gather, this is so important because this should even shape the way that we gather here. Because we don't gather here like the prophets of Baal, crying out, God, please answer us. And doing more and more things to try to grab his attention. The fact that we're even gathering here is a fruit of the manifestation that he has spoken for. He says that we were in darkness and he called out to us and brought us into his marvelous light, the fellowship of light. We sit here today because there is a voice that has gone out and called us and brought us in here. We only gather because we have first been called. There is a voice that has been going out since the beginning that I want you to see. His voice has always been speaking. He's always been coming after hearts. And even our gathering here today is just proof that we have first responded to that voice. Some of you here, maybe you don't even know why. You think a friend or someone invited you. I want you to know it's, it's, it's the Father. It's the Father who's committed in pursuing you. That's how it was in my life. I thought someone had tricked me to go on a Brooklyn Teen Challenge. It was, it was God moving heaven and earth to speak and to reach out to me. We serve a speaking God who is continuously reaching out to us. And just as natural children need to hear their father, we need to be in communion to hear our father. He speaks all the time and through all different ways. God can speak through circumstances. He can speak through people. He can speak through nature, the scriptures show us. He can, we believe here that God can speak through the giftings in the church, whether it's the prophetic or words of knowledge. But what I feel really pressed upon my heart today is that the primary foundational way is that God will speak through his written word. And I feel so strongly a heavy anointing that we need to, I feel like God wants to create in us a hunger. He wants to deposit something, a hunger for his word. What I want to establish is one, that God always speaks. Two, that his voice is so powerful. So when we begin to grab a hold of that and we see that the primary way that he speaks is through his written word. How should that shape our life? I would say maybe it's, we need to take a little turn, and, and it's not in the busyness and activity where we do much for God. It's in the coming away and positioning ourselves to hear his voice. It is not my promises to God that have changed me. It's when I hear his promise to me. We have to be a people who sit with him and give him attention to hear the voice of God. 
So he's always speaking, and I want to show you that his voice is so powerful. You know, John 6, 63 says that when Jesus says that my words that I speak are full of spirit and life. The words of Jesus, the words of God are full of spirit and life. They contain power within these words. Jesus taught a parable of the parable of the, of the sower or the four soils. And in that he said that these seeds went out and hit on different soils. And some produced no fruit and some produced crazy fruit depending on the soil. But the point is, is that the seeds that went out were the word of God. The word of God is a seed. It contains life in itself. Do you understand that God's, God's voice, his word, we're going to see this. His, it contains the power to accomplish that which he's spoken into us. God's word, the word of God contains the power of God to perform the will of God. This is why Isaiah 55, 11 says that my word goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When God's voice goes out, his word goes out, it has the power to accomplish that which is spoken into us. This is why when we talked about a few weeks ago of the kingdom life and Jesus sent out his disciples and he told them to, to flow with this authority and power of healing and, and, uh, and, and, and casting out uh, impure spirits. He was not saying, guys, go do this. He was speaking a word into them that contained the power to do that very thing. What they had to do was simply yield and surrender to the word, to the seed that was in them, and they would see that thing take place in their life. You see, for us then, if the word of God is going forth like that, and it's alive, and it's active, and it contains the power to do the very thing he speaks in us, then our job is to make sure that there's good soil. Which is, listen to this, God was showing me this, James 1.21, you put it on the screen. It says this, therefore, get rid of all moral filth. And the evil that is so prevalent. And listen to this. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which is able to save your souls. The very word that was spoken in you contains the power to do what it said over you. What we need is to have humble hearts to receive the word. It's humility and a heart that comes before God that says, Lord, keep my heart in a position to receive whatever it is you want to speak into me. So God's voice, when he speaks, it has life in it to do the very thing that he's speaking to us. This is why in the beginning of creation, when there was, it says this in Genesis 1-2, the world was formless and void and darkness was over the face of the earth. And what does God do? He speaks, let there be light. And his voice contains the power to actually produce what he spoke. And so that which there was confusion and disorder and darkness, when he speaks, it brings order and light. Listen, I, I want you to grab a hold of this because if you feel darkness in your life and emptiness in your life, I want you to understand that we have access to the word of God to be with him and to hear his voice. And when his voice speaks to us, when we feel empty in darkness, there is light that begins to be released into our life. We have to understand the, the weight of God's voice and how we can hear that. It's why in John 11, when Jesus comes to a man by the name of Lazarus who had died, and he comes to this man and he had purposely allowed him to die, which is a whole other reason, but he wanted to show his resurrection power. And when he comes and he has these men open the grave, and does Jesus hop into the grave and try to resuscitate him? No, he says, Lazarus, come out. He speaks the word. 
his word goes into Lazarus and that which was dead begins to be resurrected. My friends, if you feel death in your own life, I tell you this. If you position yourself to truly get before him and hear the voice of God speaking into your life, dead areas can begin to be resurrected in your life. It's, it's, it's the power of God's voice. In Mark 4, Jesus is on a boat with his disciples. And they're traveling. And a crazy storm begins to rage. And the disciples begin to panic. There's water coming in the boat. Jesus is sleeping. And they're saying, how can this man sleep? They wake him up and they say, don't you care about us? And Jesus, what does Jesus do? He tries to, to paddle even harder to get out of the boat. No, Jesus says, peace, be still. He releases the word. And that which was chaos becomes into, comes into stillness. Can I tell you that if your life is in chaos, if you feel just riddled with anxiety, can I tell you that when you get before him and you hear his voice, Listen, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When, when you hear the voice of God and he speaks into your life, it has the ability right there in the moment to bring peace where there was chaos and anxiety. I've had moments where I've just been raging, just worried in all different things, and I get before him and I open the word and I begin to hear him speak to me. And instantly it's like that thing is broken. It's the power of God's word. Right after Mark 4 in Mark 5, Jesus comes to a graveyard. And there's a man who's been bound there for, for who knows how long, but it, no, one can, no one can hold this man down. He's, he's, they put shackles on him and he breaks it free. He's demonically possessed. He cuts himself. He he's, walks around the graveyard crying out and Jesus comes around and this, this man who is demonically possessed comes up to Jesus. And Jesus essentially asks him, he said, what's your name? He says, Legion, which represents the fact that there was many demons in this man. Maybe five, 6,000 because that's what a Roman legion was in the, in the army. And what does Jesus do? He speaks a word. He says, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. I want you to see the power of God's voice that stops storms, that brings light to where there's darkness, that releases even the most captive person, that can literally raise the dead. The voice of God is the most powerful force in all of nature. Literally, Hebrews says that everything is sustained by his word. There has been from the beginning a speaking voice that has constantly gone out and sustains all things. It's the power of his voice. The Lord was even showing me just, just yesterday morning, Jesus' preparation for ministry, for his public ministry, we see it take place at, the, at his baptism. And at his baptism, it says the heavens open. And a voice from heaven speaks over him. The foundation of his preparation was hearing a voice from heaven speak sonship over him. There are many in this room who have heard many voices spoken over them. You have heard many things declared over you. What you need is your father's voice to be spoken over you. You need heaven's perspective to speak over you. Listen, we as a church, why we have to be a hearing people and prioritize the hearing of God's voice is because we need heaven's perspective. We need heaven's strategies. We need heaven's agenda. You don't need my agenda. We don't need our agenda. We need to know what heaven is. We need heaven's heartbeat. We need his eyes for people. And some of us have just been bound because we've never really sat with him and let the Father speak over us. But when the voice of heaven speaks over you, think about this. The voice that we just went through that just breaks chains and sets people free and brings people out of tombs, 
that voice of the transcendent God wants to speak personally into your life each and every day, do you think you will stay the same? You will be deeply transformed as you begin to hear this voice. Listen to this, Psalm 29, verses 4 through 9. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. It says this. It says, the voice, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. His voice is, is speaking out from his creation. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. It's majestic. It's captivating. It's, it's brilliance. When you hear the voice of God, it stirs something in your heart when you hear him speak to you. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon, these strong pieces of wood. God's voice breaks strongholds when you begin to hear it spoken over you. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadash. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks. That last one's interesting. Some translations like the ESV actually says that he makes the deer give birth. And you say, how, how in the world did they tie that up? To twist the oaks means that he makes these trees basically grow. He makes the forest grow. The voice of the Lord produces fruit. Where there's barrenness, it causes fruit. Where there's emptiness, it causes fruit. The voice of the Lord is so powerful. And so I want you to just think about this. God is always speaking. From the beginning till now, God is always speaking. And his voice, his voice is the most powerful force in all of nature. It literally holds all things together. And that voice, he wants to speak into your life each and every day. Therefore, what should be our response to that? I feel like there was an equipping in this that we need as a body to begin to prioritize the word of God and being before him and consume it that we could hear his speaking voice through the word. Listen to me. When the word of God, when the word of God comes and, and, and speaks over you, and many of you have, have experienced this, and if you haven't, I pray that you would because God is personal and intimate. Everything changes. Like nothing else matters when God speaks to you. When I'm just sitting with him, and it's each and every morning, I'm, I'm maybe a little biased towards this. I know everyone's schedule may be different, but personally, I believe that unless there's some rare exception, you should start every morning seeking his face before you see any man's face. We need to hear his voice before I hear every, any human voice. You need to know what he has for you, and you sit. And so when I come before him, listen, when God speaks, come on, if you've been there, it's like nothing else matters. Your heart begins to explode. I usually can't even finish. I run out to explain to Crystal what God is showing me and say, you've got to hear what, what he just spoke to me. The power of God's voice in that place, man, just begins to captivate and change a heart. This is why, listen to me, I want to show you this. in the scriptures when you have men like Jeremiah and Ezekiel, what does it say happened when they were called? The word of the Lord came to them. God's voice spoke out and touched a man. When God's voice touches a man, the entire trajectory of his life changes. He takes cowards and men hiding out and he calls out to them and speaks over them. And it's not that he's saying, you're going to do this. He's saying, I've spoken a word into you that has the power to do what I've said. Simply trust and yield into it. Come on, he wants to do this each and every day. He wants to speak over our lives. And as I shared before, God is speaking in, in many ways, right? Visions, dreams, donkeys. 
circumstances, natures, giftings, right, we, we have here. We, we, we believe in it. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe God has released these to edify the body. So sometimes you see someone speak in tongues and someone interpret it. We have to get past the fact that we, we, we are broken humans that God uses. Yes, sometimes things don't always go as we thought. But nevertheless, we believe that God has used these things to communicate to us. But primarily, what again, what I feel is everything must be rooted in the Word of God. Everything must be rooted in the Word of God. And this is the primary way. And so I want to show you, not only is the speaking voice so powerful, but I want to show you when he begins to speak through his word, how it's, it's, it's so transformative. Do you know there was a, a group, there was a man by the name of Mr. Thorpe. I, I was going through some of Charles Spurgeon's testimonies uh, and some of his sermons, and he was sharing one of his sermons that there was a man by the name of, uh, he, said, he just called him Mr. Thorpe. I don't know why he didn't give a first name. But it was in Bristol, Connecticut. This was back in the 18th century. And this guy, Mr. Mr. Thorpe, had a, had a group of men that he went around with called the Hellfire Club. And their primary purpose for existence <laughs> was they wanted to antagonize and mock and ridicule George Whitfield, who was a pioneer of the First Great Awakening. And so everywhere George Whitfield went, the Hellfire Club followed. And they would go around, they'd mock him, and they'd make fun of him. And one time after George Whitfield was done and there was still a decent gathering Mr. Thorpe got up like he normally would, and he began to imitate everything that George Whitfield did. And he had the same mannerisms, and he even had the same voice quality, and he was spot on, and he even quoted the same scriptures that George Whitfield used. And do you know that in the middle of his mocking, as he began to speak the scriptures, the living voice of God began to speak to his heart, so that as he was, quote, as he was making fun of him, he literally fell back. And they said, what happened? He said, something has pierced my heart. And in that moment, he surrendered his life to Jesus right there. And he became a prominent Christian leader in Bristol, Connecticut. The power of God's voice that he speaks through his written word. In 2 Kings 22, maybe you've, you've heard of the story of King Josiah. Came into rule at eight years old. And when King Josiah came into rule, for whatever reason, they had lost the word of God. And he came after a, a, a wicked king, Ammon. And so there was, there was just sin abounding in the nation of, of, it was Judah, the southern kingdom. And so Josiah has some of his officials clean out the temple. And as they're cleaning out the temple, they, they stumble upon the law of the Lord, which was probably excerpts of Deuteronomy. And they bring it to Josiah and they say, read this. And as, as Josiah begins to read it, he actually tears his clothes as he begins to see what is written in the word of God. And he begins to see how the people are living around him. And Josiah began to put into place what is called the, the Josiah reforms. He began to, his, his heart began to burn that he began to call the nation back to God. My point is, is that as he discovered the word of God, as he began to read the written word of God. The voice of God began to speak through it and his heart began to burn as he began to realize how the people were living. Revival in his heart was set off by going into the scriptures and allowing the speaking voice of God to captivate him. And literally a whole nation began to turn back because one man began to read these scriptures and hear God speaking. And when the voice of God came, he began to respond to it. It's the picture of Luke 24. As the disciples, as these two men, after Jesus has been, 
been buried. He's resurrected, but they don't know this yet. And they're leaving Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus, and they're deeply discouraged. And Jesus shows up, and they can't recognize him. But he basically asks, why are you so discouraged? And they say, well, have you not heard this great prophet, this great man of God that we thought was the one he died? And Jesus, it says that Jesus begins to walk with them and begins to show them the scriptures of how everything from the beginning, from Moses through the prophets testified to Jesus. And you know what the result was, of it was? It said their hearts were burning. There was a burning in their heart when they were in the presence of God with the written word and the voice of God was speaking through the written word. Let me tell you something. You get alone with the Lord and you begin to be in his word and you begin to say, Father, here I am. And you begin to hear his voice speaking. The only result that comes is your heart begins to burn. You cannot stay the same when the voice that created everything begins to speak into you. Satan himself knows the power of the word. For in the wilderness, when he tempted Jesus, what did he use? The word of God. Except to use it out of context, which is probably one of the most destructive things you can do. But even Satan understood there is such power in the word of God. God's voice speaks through this. And so I want to just leave you with this. If God is always speaking, and if his voice is all-powerful, and if he's given us this holy word of God for, for him to communicate to us, then how is it that we're missing his voice? I'd like to make the case to you in this, that oftentimes I've said in these periods of silence, and I'm not going to say that I understand fully, and, and perhaps God does have times where he's silent to us, but even in that he's speaking. But what I do want to say is that can I make the case that most of the times these periods of silence is not for a lack of speaking on God's end, it's for lack of listening. It's for a lack of listening. Job 33, 14 says, For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. Why? Because today in our religious landscape, we, we find ourselves on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is we think we are very valuable to God if we can stay very busy with many activities, building things in a bigger size, and we've missed the simplicity that it's not about the things that we can do. It's about being with him and hearing his voice. I'd make the case to say we can do all that we want, but if it hasn't been directed by him, there's no fruit in it. And so we need to come back to a place as a people for our own lives, for this body in which we prioritize the hearing of God's voice. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. There is revelatory knowledge of God that flows from stillness, not in the noisiness and busyness. There are things that God releases about who he is when we can actually quiet ourselves and get away from the hustle and bustle of life and just quiet ourselves before him. God wants to speak into us. And so here's what I suggest for each and every one of us. The, the practicality of this is I believe that God is calling us as a people in our lives to get alone with him. And to spread open your, your written word, the holy scriptures, and to say, here I am, Lord, speak to me. It's ease. This isn't a striving because he's a speaking God and he desires to speak. He simply says, make the effort to come away with me and I will begin to speak. And I promise you, when you begin to hear God's voice speak personal things into you through his written word, everything changes for your life. The world we live in is, is loud and it's a belligerent place. 
and it lacks the subtlety of the kingdom. Our identity is found in the kingdom, so we need to get away and hear what the king has to say to us. Everything is birthed from that. Listen to me, the primary purpose of the written word is to lead us to know the author in order that he would transform us into his likeness. 1 John 1.1 1, 1 says that Jesus is the word of life. Literally, we come before the written word to encounter the word of life who begins to speak back to us through his written word. And we are forever changed by that. I don't just come to the scriptures for knowledge. I come to know him. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for that. They had all the knowledge in the world, but they missed him. And so we come before the word of God, understanding that God's speaking voice is going to come through this if we would position our hearts to see him. I've seen in my own life, perhaps you can relate, that often I've, I've heard it said like this, that I've equated the Bible to like a cookbook or a recipe book. And we go around and we share our favorite recipes with everyone. And we go around and we, we show all the pictures of the delicious food. But we ourselves have never tasted what it's talking about. There's so much more in this word of God than just sharing things with others and say, look at this. God wants you to taste what it's talking about. He wants you to see him. He wants you to hear his voice. We live by that. We need to continually hear the voice of God each and every single day. And as God encounters us in his word, faith is released into our lives. Studying is God's truth empowers us to believe in who he is, who we are, and how he wants us to live. Before I close, I want to share this quote, A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer said this, listen to this. He says, God is here and he is speaking. These truths are the back of all other Bible truths. Without them, there could be no revelation at all. Listen to this. He says, God did not write a book and send it by messengers to be read at a distance by unaided minds. He didn't write the scriptures and say, here you go, figure it out. He said he spoke a book with a capital B and lives in his spoken words, constantly speaking his words and causing the power of them to persist across the years. You can go across the United States and come across many impressive libraries that have millions of classics that have been written by brilliant minds and incredible works, but none of them can make the claim that they are the living word of God. None of them are alive. Only the scripture. We will move away from dead religion when we begin to see that the book is not, is not just a book that was written and spoke at one time. It continues to speak to us. It is alive today. If we begin to prioritize what is in these scriptures, we'll begin to shift our day to begin to spend time in there and hear from him. I'm going to ask, uh, actually, Brittany, can you just come up before I pray? I want to share this with you, that the scriptures are so important to be and to hear his voice because it's through his written word where we begin to understand the voice of God. Bank tellers, when they are being trained to study counterfeit money, they actually give them the real thing and they say, study this. And when you know the real thing, then you know what's counterfeit. The scriptures, as you begin to read the scriptures, it leads you to him and you begin to know his voice. And then you can be able to discern when there's a counterfeit voice. You see, if we're going to be a place that allows God to move with the gifts, we better be rooted in the scriptures. Because if not, we'll be all over the place. We better know the voice of God so we can discern when it's God speaking and when it's not. And so like Ezekiel, we need to consume the scroll. We need to consume the word. 
Some of you may say, well, I read and I don't understand. And I understand that. I forget who, who said it, but someone said, listen, do you remember what you ate last week? No. But you know that it nourished you? It did what it had to? Listen to me. Sometimes you read and say, I don't understand what I was reading. Understand this. Your spirit can absorb more than your natural mind can. God is, God, is, God is depositing things. The power of God's seed is being released into your heart. Keep reading. Even if you said and feel anything, I don't understand it. Keep reading. God is going to speak to that. Listen to me. We have to be a people that hunger for his voice and hunger for his word and to hear him speak through it. Thank you for listening to Home Church's podcast. To go deeper into the message, text DEEPER to 66866. If you would like to give to this ministry, you can text the amount to 631-693-4176 or visit us at myhomechurch.org backslash give.